0: What is happening? Sort of like the end of the world. I'm sure you'll sing it yourself.
1: Ah, crap! How you been, bro? What's been happening?
0: Oh, not much. Fuck. I just, yeah, been working a whole bunch and just prepping to be a dad and doing grown-up <laughs> stuff. and <trying laughs> no. to- Trying to keep it together a bit, I don't
1: know. How is that? We're on the exact same path right now.
0: Yeah, when are you due?
1: Uh, Mid-Jan. What about you?
0: Fuck, so I'm I'm the 10th of Feb, so... Yeah, pretty close. Very, very close.
1: Yeah. You could go early, I could go late. We'll meet in the middle somewhere.
0: Imagine it was the same day. (laughs) I know. All right. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs)
1: wild.
0: Uh I'd <laughs> not heard that before.
1: I heard it literally yesterday and thought that's pretty good. So uh has the prospect of a baby coming into your life started changing how you think and act and all that kind of jazz? Like especially creatively, are, are you putting more pressure on yourself?
0: Yeah, yes definitely yes yes and no like i don't know if it's affected me creatively too much but maybe just like the ethic in which or not ethic that's definitely the wrong word like the way in which i choose to go about my work or maybe the things i'm prioritizing a little bit different
1: yeah
0: um i just seem to give a lot less fucks about the outcomes of things
1: (laughs) yeah that's exactly how i feel Oh, I could not give a fuck about my jobs right now. There's less importance placed on them. Obviously, I want to work and get paid and do good work, but I'm not getting emotionally stuck on stuff like I probably would have in the past. Just an outside thing to me. It's not, I used to see my job as being totally interconnected with my identity, I guess. Yeah. And now that isn't the case.
0: I would say that's a pretty true thing. Like, and when I say not giving a fuck, I definitely really, really like my job. If anything, since coronavirus happened and Ash fell pregnant, I've enjoyed my job more than ever because it feels as though the current circumstance I'm in is finite. Like, it's like, okay, at some point I'm going to have a child. You know, this is happening, that's happening, whatever. Like, I'm not going to to just like, walk into the studio and just make music with people and not really think about what time I have to finish today and all that kind of stuff. I've been appreciating it a lot more. I guess maybe I care less about what other people think about what, what I'm working on or what I'm doing and stuff like that. I'm just like i more just sort of excited to be in a room with other creatives and just do cool stuff and that's just really fun. Like I, I very much appreciate the nice position that I'm in, where I could do that for money, and that and like it's a viable way to make money, and that's really fucking cool. And I just like yeah. just having i nice, I'm having a really good time doing it. And it seems to always, like I don't know. I tend to find when you're a bit more relaxed about what you're doing, things go better as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's what I've found since my wife's been pregnant and having that priority shift, something other than my work my like other things have fallen into my lap a lot more and things are just flowing easier around my work because I don't have that kind of stranglehold on it I guess in terms of how I want it to be portrayed or how I want to create in general like I've I've just kind of let go of that and whatever comes out at the end of the day is sweet
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty much exactly it, like a very similar thing. I think I first noticed it when the whole COVID thing happened and it was probably pretty relevant that I noticed in the type of work I do because the industry is like super competitive and that can like be really fantastic if you're doing well, you know, you're making great records and things are going well, but then, you know, like with anything in this kind of work, it sort of peaks and troughs. So you have a good couple of months and you have a couple of months where you're not really working on anything you're super stoked about, or there's only a couple of projects you're super stoked about, or maybe you're just quiet, you don't have a lot of work, all these kind of things. Um, Yeah. And that that it kind of affects you emotionally because it's where a lot of your attention is spent. And then when, like, stuff like, uh, say, like coronavirus happens, for instance, you find that the whole thing just gets turned upside down and nobody knows what to make of anything and it's kind of like this really interesting reset button on everyone's expectations on, on each other and on themselves and on, on the whole industry being the music industry specifically is what I'm talking about but um, it's yeah it's been kind of a little bit refreshing for a lot of people a lot of people I know that work in the industry just to be like oh well shit hit the fan let's just do you want to just make some music because it's fun and that's <laughs> people aren't too worried about selling shows or like getting on festival bills and stuff because you can't do it so in a weird way it kind of takes the pressure and the competition out of it and it makes it more about just creating art I don't know I guess I'm like the vessel in which people will come to work with me in order to turn their ideas into something that they can show people Yeah. so to have this whole new attitude from artists and like also, like a lot more free time and freedom. And it's been pretty interesting to see the way people's, I don't know, just the mechanics of the way people are doing what they would normally do differently now. It's been pretty so, fun.
1: Yeah, right. So I'm pretty keen to dive into the details of what your job entails. But what you were just touching on, where people are just coming to the studio and starting to create art in a different way like how how is that taking place like is there kind of like a full revolution of music happening right now because of this stuff because people are having less expectations and willing to try new things
0: yeah there 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 is there's a lot of um there's, there's a couple of factors that play is that no one has any money so that <laughs> changes changes the way in which you make records um which I could go into. Yeah, um, definitely. Well, essentially what happens is for a lot of artists, they, they will um, write and rehearse and, and, and flesh out a record for, like hypothetically, for quite a period of time, maybe during a touring process or at the end of a touring process, and they kind of, you know, flog the, the shit out of their previous releases to the point where they've done well, they need to release something new. And then they'll normally, like, you know, book a studio and studio time with a producer and an engineer and a studio. And then they'll financially throw a whole bunch of cash at that. And then, but they're also trying to get it done to some economic scale, which is like, all right, we need to get this done in three weeks or a month or two weeks or a week or whatever their budget is. And they go in there and it's like, all right, here's the songs. Let's record them. Let's just get them right. We're now that's not really economical. Like if you're, if you're like a touring artist or like a, like a gainfully employed musician, it's not an economical idea to do because you can't go back out into the world on the back of your release and play shows and recoup the investment you put into creating a record. Yeah. So a lot of people are starting to invest in like little home recording setups and stuff like that. And like coming up with ideas themselves and, I'm finding this really fun and it would sound strange as though like as if someone's taking my job away from me but I'm not because the way that I work I work very personally with people and I don't really do the all right let's go out to the studio for two weeks and just knock out a record I'm I'm a little bit more like why don't you come in on Wednesday we'll plug in a guitar and see what happens kind of thing and that's the way that I like to work creatively with people and that has sort of loosened that whole infrastructure up to for that to be readily available and for people to work on projects over long periods of time in small increments and like just like come in do something creative maybe once a week or once a fortnight or twice a week depending on what's going on and they just come in work with me um and just slowly chip away at stuff and then they come in with new ideas and new things they recorded at home what about this and check this out
1: so they might come in lay down a guitar track one week and then kind of go home and then think about vocals or some other. Yeah, words, that's and... right.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're writing lyrics, you know, before the song's fully arranged. Still, they're kind of like, oh, I haven't really finished the verses here. I'm wondering whether I want to change this. And I'm like, oh, no, let's just think about it. Like, take some time. Like, you don't, there's no rush. We're not We're not locked into a, like, a time frame or a window, which you mm. have to think about the economics of this. Like, Like, I generally work in at least for artists that I really believe in in a way that I will sort of try and make it economical to the end product rather than how long it takes to create. Yeah. So therefore it's sort of, I'm like, it's not really about time. It's just about getting it done and getting the best result and whatever's the most interesting thing that you can do. So Mm -hmm. the fact that a lot, firstly, a lot lot of people aren't playing shows, so they got a lot of free time, Um, you know, Artists and I guess labels alike or, or anyone, whoever's funding, whatever's happening, are uh, apprehensive about like investing into a whole big thing. So you're getting a lot of artists who are just doing like a song here and a song there and an idea here. or They want help with well, this. It's this big kind of melting pot of creativeness that's not set to the normal. I'm not sure I'm explaining myself very well, but yeah. it's not set to the normal infrastructure in which things have been done for the last 50 to 60 years. Yeah. Right. It's changing the way people work creatively.
1: So there's definitely more chance for a song to evolve throughout, like this process of added time, instead of just laying the song down. The song's done, and then you, you do your mastering or whatever, mm. and that's it. Like this, the song could definitely evolve and have more layers, I guess, to it. Yeah. With this or- new process.
0: Yeah, it also gives you... I mean, look, it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes you can overthink a project and the more time you spend on it, the worse it gets. So <laughs> that, that's a, um, a certainly a, a thing to be aware of. But um, I think, in general, the way I like to work is I just like to just do creative stuff and just see what happens. So I like to be in a room with someone who's not really thinking about We need to get this track done by the end of the next week so we can get it mastered so that we can start shooting a video for it so that we can submit it to Spotify and we can talk to our PR agent who's going to do a campaign for its release so that we can release it by this date because we release it by this date then Triple J make their playlist and so Spotify (laughs) and that's how you get onto this tour if you can get this song out by this time. It's all really calculated and it's a big business idea. And even with smaller artists, you know, they're they're still very savvy with how that all works. And they try to time and arrange the way they release stuff, where now people are just like, let's just make music. And it's fucking nuts. You know what I mean? It's really nice to be in that world.
1: Yeah. Like, do you think we're going to look back on this period and just be like, whoa, that whole coronavirus period really changed the sound of music or... How things are done, and like, is there going to be something that we look back on and see a definite?
0: I would um, hate, I would hate to predict it, and then everyone would just be like, nah, that <laughs> never happened. But I, I, something's got to change, right? Because I, I do mm. work with artists as well that have like multiple members in multiple states, so they can't be in the same room to make a record. yet. Yeah, we're making a record, so we're getting the drums recorded in Brisbane with a friend of mine. And then the other guitarist, he lives in Melbourne. He's tracking parts. His, his girlfriend's a great musician too. She's a cellist, so they, they're recording stuff. They're sending it to us and we're putting it all together and sending things back and forth and ideas. And it's like this new, very different way of, of working out. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the main songwriter will write stuff, you'll demo stuff at home, you'll send it to the other boys. They'll record things, they'll put it all together. And then they'll come to me and go, this is what we got, what do you think? And then we'll sort of flesh it out and then we'll get different people to record different parts and, and put it all together. And it's because the, it's almost like a buffer time thing. Like there's a, there's a time between when you have a thought and when it gets executed is way, way longer than normal, which you would think would be very annoying and, and it can be sometimes, but what happens is like, it tends to change just offset the way everyone's comfortable with working just enough that different things happen that you weren't expecting and that's kind of cool and inspirational and you're like, ah yeah all right that's not really what I you were going to do but <laughs> now that you've gone and recorded it in another state i've got to work with that so let's work with this this is cool you know and so sort of, things change directions a little bit more haphazardly kind of there's a bit rolling of the dice in terms of how stuff sort of comes out and it seems to be really interesting
1: so is there projects that have, have been finished Throughout this time period, and you're like, "Fuck!" The sound of that is just so different to anything that I've put out before. Um, or is it more just but, around the process of?
0: Yeah, it's more of a process thing. I think what you'll find, yeah. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I do find like artists sound like the way that they sound like regardless if, if the different members are in different states and aren't able to collaborate in the same room, they, they are, they've generally been doing it for a long time together and they're working collectively together and, and they will have like a, yeah, like a unison in the way that they do what they do regardless of whether they are in the same place or not. So they will, it's not necessarily like, oh my God, that's a completely different style of music I've never heard before. Mm. But I think, I think the approach will bend the things that maybe the things they generally lean on that yeah. work for them and not care okay. anymore because that's not, is that not that fluidity is there. So that kind of gets abstracted and you're trying to re navigate. Mm-hmm. It's like when you put your computer into dark mode and you're like, where the fuck is, the <laughs> you, you know what to do, but it's like, it's a bit more confusing and you might choose to do something differently than you would have normally done. Under so, the circumstances, which is okay. what I'm noticing is interesting.
1: Yeah, because I, I, I was kind of picturing when he first started talking about it, like we're kind of witnessing the birth of hip hop, like something like that, where these
0: fucking external factors I don't know.
1: have just forced some other new creative process to take place. And all of a sudden this new genre of music appears and,
0: Yeah, I mean, they literally call it internet music, a terminology for it, which is like people will say internet music. Um, I don't know if you listen to like an artist called Rex Orange County. He's kind of got like what you would call an internet music vibe. It's sort of like bits and bobs of like, it's not a band, but it's kind of a band. But you can tell someone put this song together in a computer, but it's not electronic computer music, you know what I mean? It's right. just a composition of all these different things that have been recorded and it hasn't been rehearsed as a unit of people. Okay. And that, I think what you'll see is that that sort of already existed, which is a byproduct of just the growth in technology, the fact that people can do so much creative uh, recording work at home or amongst themselves. They don't have to, you know, like in the 80s go to a rehearsal studio and write a whole bunch of songs and then go to a recording studio and record Mm. it to analog tape, which is just physically stuck that way forever. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You can't manipulate it. It is what it is. That's, that's completely revolutionized. So it changes the way people work anyway. So that, that was always kind of on its way, that, that way of sort of making music the same way, like an electronic music producer would do, but you might be a rock band or an indie band or fucking whatever. You know yeah. hip hop artists um but you're it's I guess maybe that's been pushed very fast tracked because of coronavirus. people are collaborating a mm. lot, and lots of different people you know from different genres of music are collaborating on things I notice and it's all just bouncing around the internet, people sending each other ideas and sitting at home just <laughs> doing cool shit and then flinging it around and mashing it all together. So I think you probably will see see something happen, but you never know that it's happening at the time anyway. Like, you won't be able to pick it until you look back and you're like, fuck, yeah, just, there was a certain sound about that. I don't know whether it was the fact that everyone was, you know, just, you know what I mean? There's, it's a different yeah. beast. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I kind of mentioned hip-hop because it was pretty different to what came before it. Like, it came out of blues and yeah, I guess it was more blues and jazz than anything that it came out of and bebop, mm. but it it seemed like it was so distinctive from anything in the past. And yeah. I was just wondering if, if it would be more distinctive than what you're kind of describing. Like, is there going to be an internet instrument like the synthesizer <sighs> came out? Like, we haven't seen a new instrument in a pretty long time.
0: Well, I think there is, and I think it literally is your computer so
1: yeah okay
0: your your computer is an arrangement tool just the way that like you know you might want to arrange a home movie on on iMovie and cut up your clips and stuff and that allows you the freedom to be creative of what you're doing in ways that you couldn't if you just went out and filmed it to tape so you would if you were to film with the tape you'd have to thoroughly rehearse everything and do all this sort of stuff but if you just got like a computer you could just film shit and edit it chop it up it doesn't look good film it again it's all good you know if you you know i'm talking like on a micro scale If you were to make like a five minute youtube wacky you know lockdown video that you did <laughs> it would create it's a whole new creative tool that you have to use it's not necessarily mm-hmm. an instrument that you perform but it is performed in a different way and i think that's what you'll probably notice is that your f- music in its aesthetic will change based on the fact that things will be, uh, yeah, probably a little, you can be a little a lot more creative when you're not relying I, on, on like basic physics to create music anymore, yeah. you know what I mean? Like,
1: and I think having people collaborate across different genres and start melting their different styles into each other, I think that's probably... You, you like, you'll always see some kind of new thing coming out of that.
0: Yeah, of course. Like think of like Billie Eilish, right? Like what mm. even is that? What genre is that?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's some kind of dark pop.
0: Yeah. But like, is some... it hip hop? Is it indie? Is it like, it's just someone made a song on a computer and mm. sung on it. Right. Yeah. And all different sounds, all different ideas. Nothing's very genre specific doesn't yeah. fit into a mold I guess that's what I'm kind of talking about maybe that's a really good example of, of someone who's already doing that
1: yeah perfect
0: you know what I mean and that's sort of there's a lot of artists that are doing that and that's been a big trend lately and I think what you'll see is that will probably exponentially grow like that more esoteric kind of you can't really put your finger on what sort of this is Maybe there is, you know, guitars and drums, but then there's also, like, synthesizers, but it's all kind of, or, you know, there's just sample sounds of old records in there too, and it's just this mashup of all these different things from different places and different ideas, and it doesn't really have any grounding in, like, uh, feeling familiar in terms of an aesthetic, but it might feel familiar in terms of, like, its orchestration, So it will feel familiar enough that you enjoy it as music because you're like, I'm comfortable listening to this. This feels nice to listen to. But mm. trying to sum it into, oh, this is, you know, grunge rock. It, it's not, but it's not hip-hop either, but it's not straight-up indie rock either, is it? But it's not pop, but it's kind of dark pop. I don't know. What is it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. there'll be a yeah, lot that of that. Too. I think that's probably, if there is to be something quite substantial that comes from it. It'll be a lot of that. Yeah. And then I guess on the, on the, on the res, the opposite end of that, there'll be the polar opposite, which will be just like straight up performed music, like back, <laughs> back in the seventies, you know, when a band got into a room and played a song and they recorded it and then they released it. And that was it. Um <laughs> There'll be that too, because there's always, uh, if one thing goes in one direction, there's always a need for the, the complete opposite of it, right? You know, yeah. Like, like well, it's going to well, be a grunge- whole dem- demographic of people that want something different that feels not like that.
1: Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, grunge was born out of the necessity to be different to the 80s hair band rock and roll, and yeah. grunge, grunge just wanted to strip that back. And,
0: yeah. Grunge was really big because, also because it was dark, and it addressed... Yeah a lot of subject matter of vulnerability and stuff like that. And in the eighties was very much, I'm a fucking legend. Just do more <laughs> cocaine, Look how much money I have, you know, chicks love, love me. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like that, that yep. was the vibe yeah. throughout the eighties. <laughs> and then, you know, you had grunge coming out going, I'm super sad. And everyone's like, fuck me too. I'm glad <laughs> someone said it, you know,
1: <laughs> the last six months have just been on a full grunge kind of train and going back to all those old classics but then also finding new brands that are creating that kind of music still what what have you what have you been getting into lately
0: um i have had a very interesting time with new music um it's funny enough i've actually spent a fair bit of time recently listening back to older music that i really appreciated Mm. I think it's the dad thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I've been
1: doing the exact same.
0: Yeah, I, it's getting harder to find things you like because there is so much fucking music out there. And it's, some of it's, it's all pretty cool. Like a lot of it's really cool, but it's like, where do I... I just don't have the attention span to really get into just that one song by that artist and then forget about it. Like I, I just don't do that. I get into whatever I'm into. And so like it's I do find it a little bit, um, yeah, I don't know. I just tend to find it could be overwhelming. Yeah, it's like death
1: of too much option.
0: Mm. <laughs> like so just trying to figure out what to watch on Netflix. Stuff. And you're just like, this might be good. You watch 5 News, like this sucks. I'm going to try <laughs> something else. And then like three hours go by and you haven't actually watched anything.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And it's sort of
0: that, that's the thing too. But I reckon you're out with the grunge thing and it'll be something similar to that. That'll happen, which will probably, yeah, maybe tie back into what I was saying, which is like, there is a lot of, I guess what I would call like production based music. Like, you know, I mean, it's not a bunch of girls or guys in a room just playing a song right Mm -hmm. it's it's people collaborating on all these different stuff and different sounds different always different arrangements different people and it's really cool and it's really creative but then it does have a certain flavor about it that is not as personal as the feeling of hearing a bunch of musicians just play a song so i do Mm -hmm. think that there's a rawness or or a uh yeah, it's just personable, I guess, is the only word I can think of, that, like, there's a certain, um yeah, thing that, that for some people really gravitate towards that thing of feeling, like, directly connected with the artist or the artists. So there'll be, yeah. a, I see there will probably be a big need for that, especially when gigs open back up as well. Hmm. People are going to want to go to a room and see four gross, sweaty men... <laughs> jump around on a stage and they're going and to, want to girls. Drink. Yeah. It's just I'm just singing of it like it's the grossest possible thing. So I'm <laughs> just singing gross sweaty man on a stage and just going, Yes, come on, let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I, I feel like I've heard repeated throughout the world <laughs> is bring back live music. Like people are missing that probably more than anything, even more than travel, I think, right now.
0: Yeah. Do you reckon everyone's just okay with not traveling now?
1: For the minute.
0: Yep. I Give do it. find a lot, I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching travel docos. I don't know <laughs> if sure really you doing this. It's, it's pretty, uh, I'm not, yeah, it might be sadistic. Like I sh- maybe I shouldn't be doing it, but like it's, i What have I'm you like, been watching? Fuck, man. Like just on these stupid chats I get into, which is just like. Top ten places to visit in the south of France. And oh, it's nice. like a like a ten minute video. I'm like, oh fuck, check out that place, babe. That's sick. We totally <laughs> got to go there at some point in our lives. Like, we keep going. That place it looks baby friendly. Yeah, you could take a baby there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this vicarious. Like, I'm no, I'm not going on a holiday. So I'm just like gonna fantasize about this. Like, yeah, I've been getting way do it. Like, it way, is pretty way to...
1: sadistic. You're just yeah. torturing yourself right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like keeping me awake at night for the time being. Yeah, very um, good.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, let's dive into how you got into recording and where that all started. Um, I feel like you knew that you'd be doing it from a
0: pretty young age. When I was younger, I wanted to be a film director because I, I don't know why, I just like... I really liked movies and I, was always, I always, was always drawn to whoever directed movies and I would become like a fan of them in my own like childish way of like Steven Spielberg is the best director in the world at that particular point in my time because Jurassic Park and like <laughs> that kind of shit. But yeah, I was always really interested in, um, I don't know, whoever it is that that's kind of pulls together all these good ideas and helps Translate that or make that happen.
1: So pretty much, he became a director of music, basically.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and it's sort of how I fell into it. But then I was obviously like a really big fan of, of of music, and I was playing music and stuff. And it was when I left high school, I was I wasn't necessarily lost. I was just heaps keen to party. Like, <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about what am I going to do with the rest of my life. And it wasn't until. I was just working and surfing and drinking and going on holidays and just enjoying being, you know, 18, 19, 20. And I guess I got to some point in my 20s and I was sort of like, I was always doing something creative with one of my friends. And if I was doing something creative with one of my friends, I was sitting up drinking beer with my friends like you and just listening to music and talking about why this part of that song is the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. Like really quite analytical not just like, oh, I just want to sing these words. I don't know, there was a very thorough appreciation of of the art form and yeah. a lot of strong desire to try and understand it and, and quantify, in, I don't know, amongst ourselves and, and whatever. And I, I'd always been like that as a person. So I felt as though I was always going to want to do something creative with myself. yeah. Yep. But I never, I never wanted to be a songwriter. I could have been in a band and played for a band, but I never wanted to be a songwriter because I'm very bad at uh, following through with my own ideas if they're all just my own ideas because I'm too hard on myself. Like, I'm, I'm a really strong critic. I'm like, eh, it's pretty good, but it's kind of shit. Um, and so, like, I could never really create anything without being overly critical of it. But if somebody else creates something, there's this there's a certain amount of detachment I have where I can kind of be critical of what they're doing, but I can also pick up what they're doing and like just roll with it. And I felt like I could be, you know, creative to whatever capacity that person was happy for me to be with their work um and not have to think about uh I don't know. Yeah, just just worked better with my personality. I'm not really sure what it was. Yeah, so right. I, I sort of found myself maybe in bands or something when I was younger, being the guy behind the drum kit, telling the songwriter that he should rearrange the way he wrote his song because it could be, <laughs> it could be better if you did it this way instead of that way. Or don't play that chord, play this chord, or this part goes for too long. And, you yeah, know, I, I realized at some point that that was actually a job that somebody had <laughs> in the world and it, I was like that sounds like a thing I would probably enjoy doing and yeah, so yeah, yeah I just I went and studied audio I guess in my early 20s um, just because I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do I just really like music and like being creative and I like, wanted to do that and I knew that that could lead from being an audio engineer which is basically someone who works in a recording studio and sort of runs, uh, I guess, technical operations of 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 making a record. So, you know, recording things, putting microphone things on things, you know, making things sound good, running the studio for the artists. Hmm. And then that role, if you have a knack for it, would eventually lead you to being a record producer, which is someone who um, is sort of, yeah, just like the overarching person that's there to kind of like guide it and creatively direct it and to help these people or this person's ideas come to life in the best way they can. And, you know, trim the fat where possible. And, you know, also, uh, uh, what'd you say, you know, you kind of want to encourage or, or embellish the best parts of what they're doing too. Cause a lot of people don't really have a lot of perspective on their own art because mm. it's coming from a completely different place. So,
1: yeah, they need yeah. that standpoint of stepping back a bit, or having some uh, someone external to them from a different perspective, kind of look yeah. at it in a different way. I was um, I was tripping out only like a week or two ago about how me, you, and and Brent and Minnie would all um, just dive in analytically to all our favourite bands and songs and just try and flesh out what they were trying to achieve and what the meaning of the song was and all that stuff. I just remember having like some of the best times with you guys doing that. And Brent, Brent was saying the exact same thing. (laughs) How did we even have the time to do that? But we had a
0: lot of of free time.
1: So (laughs) we (laughs) We
0: had no responsibilities. (laughs) But yeah, yeah that, was, did,
1: did that was what? That was
0: probably Pretty formative For me as well I think Like the people around me If I'd grow up In a different town With different friends That weren't so passionate About music I may have felt That there was I don't know Not that there was There's less I would have been less inspired To want to go And do something like that Because I I guess mm. maybe I would have just been Distracted with Whatever it is That my friends are into But if my friends were into that shit And I was into that shit So I was, it just sort of Deepened the like all right, cool, I'm going to go out in the trenches and and fuck, you know what I mean when I say it's trenches, like you work in the arts too. It's hard work, (laughs) dude. Nobody is going to tell you that you're going to be paid next week. Like (laughs) I've I've been doing this for so many years now. Like, I'm technically unemployed until I get my next client all the fucking time. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm literally a continual job seeker. Like, because I'm always just taking on new clients and taking on new jobs and they have different wants and needs and they have different budgets and i'm working within their budgets and within what they can afford and what what i charge whether they can afford to pay that or etc but like it's always chopping and changing and you kind of get used to the fact that like just i won't know what my salary is until the financial year ends and i get a calculator out and figure out how much i earn (laughs) Mm. <laughs> because I just don't fucking know. It changes all the time. Habitizing well, can... to that, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a hard thing. A lot of people really would dislike living like that, and I don't, you know, I can see why.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably. I think our earlier youth kind of got us prepared for that uncertainty <laughs> of, yeah, <laughs> of, where our, some... yeah, yeah, being just thugs on the doll or, or like working weird jobs like working for your old boy or whatever it was yeah but what, as you work with clients do you like bring that analytical mind to their craft and what they're mm. trying to achieve does that help in like set the direction for you like do you dig into what their their i guess underlying message is or what kind of
0: Yeah, I do I do definitely I actually try not to I try not to think about what it should be because that I find that to be strangely counterproductive but I really just want like my gut instinct to tell me what I think and if I don't know I'm like I'm not sure it's pretty cool let's just go with what you got. Like, you mm. know what I mean? Like, I like it. Does it Instead t- of trying no, to not.
1: forcing it into a certain.
0: Yeah. I, I'm re- I really find whenever I've been headstrong, whether it's because the client has a certain like aesthetic or an idea or a theme that they have for what they want to do. And that becomes like very, uh, you know, the mantra of what you wanted to do. Um, I do find that to be very rarely actually productive. Mm because at the end of the day like for me music is just an, like like an extension of of human emotion and it's sort of like you will feel if it feels good and you will know it feels good and if it doesn't feel good hopefully you will feel what you want it to feel like and hopefully you feel like you know what you should do to achieve that and if you don't that's that's okay maybe we just need to start throwing some shit at the wall and see what sticks but in terms of trying to, yeah, like a lot of people do have like themes that they want to go for, but I w- they're normally pretty broad. They're like, this one this to be a bit of a party vibe album. I'm like, cool, <laughs> let's keep it fun. You know, let's keep it fun. Let's keep it high energy. If it turns into a sad song, but it's a sad song. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to, to cheer it up because if it feels sad and it feels good, don't fuck with that. Like, hmm. But, yeah, you can keep it in mind. But I, I genuinely think that a lot of people think that artists put a lot of uh, quantitative thought into what they're doing, <laughs> and they, they don't. They just do stuff. Like, yep. it's the sum of your, your previous inspiration, right? You know, you, you as you as a, a visual artist would, would be like, I am just like all of my – um. You know, all of my influences rammed together with my own brain, my own biology, twisted out and then just spat out of me mm. through a bottleneck, and that's what it is.
1: Yeah. I always and- thought that was, like, super bullshit when you're in high school and you're doing art or music and you have to study an artist and break down what, what that artist was trying to achieve, like what that painting meant and all this stuff. I mean, it's good in some sense because it's about you trying to figure out what your reaction is to that piece. But at the same yeah. time, the school's like trying to get you to put words in the mouth of the artist and it's like, how could you ever do that? And and be like I'm an artist and I'm pretty sure I'm not coming to the canvas and being like, I need to just dial in all this meaning and just random external factors into this thing. It's just all that kind of comes subconsciously without the artist having to think about it.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and there might be quite a deep level of meaning and detail to a piece of art. Mm. I just don't think anyone sat there with a, a mind map and <laughs> planned it out. Exactly. You know what I
1: mean? They just exactly.
0: did it. And the the subtext is already just in there, yeah. You know, like it's in there because they were, I don't know, going through a divorce, or they were really happy at that time, or, or who, whatever that person was experiencing, or whatever they were influenced by. Like we're talking about the sum of your influence come through that. You know, I kind of think of it like a bottleneck of like mm-hmm. all this shit falling into like a like a a big funnel, like a beer bong, if you will. Mm. It just falls into there and you just release the tap for a second. And then whatever falls onto the ground is that piece of art. Yeah. And it's, just, and it's it, the only reason why it's better than randomly doing shit is because that person's brain is filtering it on the way down and is changing it to what they feel like it should be. But the, yeah. con- the content, I don't believe they really choose the content of what it is. It's just, it's whatever is happening to them or what has happened to them or maybe stuff that's happened or is influencing them in ways that they're not even aware of. Like, yeah. and that's just coming through and they're just curating these influences in their own way. And it's the curation of that influence is that what you as a fan like is that the way that that person curates their own mind into. Uh, you know whatever form of art you want to talk about like whether it's film or music or visual arts or things like that um do you do you
1: prescribe to the idea that ideas are just kind of floating around and you're just a a receiver of those ideas like you hear some artists and writers and stuff say they'll sit down and they'll write a book and they don't feel like the ideas were Dance kind of thing? yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I, I actually generally believe that to be true because, like, I will, and look, to be clear, like I'm not an artist. I'm I'm a person that works creatively with artists, but I'll 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 hear an artist play a song and I'll be like, uh, I just don't reckon that's the right drum groove. Like it needs to go like this. Like just send me send me your scratch tracks. I'll just whip up a drum kit like in my computer. I'll, I'll write something for you and send it back. See if you like it. I don't know where the fuck I got the idea that that wasn't the right drum groove. It was definitely not based on a theoretical observation of what was happening. But I can, in hindsight, look back and go, oh, you know what? There's that Foles song that I fucking love that I was listening to on repeat a year ago that has that exact groove and it's a pretty similar vibey track. And that's why I've chosen to do that. You're right. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. And it doesn't matter because in the context of everything that's happening, it's, n- it's nothing like that song anyway. No, but yeah, for sure. For example, that, that is literally something that happened to me a like, lot long ago and I was like, oh, I wonder where I got that from. And just out of curiosity, I just sort of was like, yeah, and I just kept that in the back of my mind. I didn't really think about it too much. And then one day I heard that song like, <laughs> that's where I got it from. It's that groove. Okay, cool. Now I know where that came from. But it's just, you know, it just... I heard what they were doing. It felt similar. It had a very similar feel about it. And I was like, this might work for you, but I, I couldn't quantify it into, do you know what I mean? Like you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah. It was just floating around in my brain. Something that like, influenced me a while ago that I just gave to someone and said, here, try this, see if that tastes good. You know, like,
1: yeah. Like you said, you're not an artist, but at the same time, you, you're definitely contributing creatively to the whole process and, you created a a drum loop there or whatever.
0: Yeah, so I'm a cl- I, I'm more of a yeah, collaborator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, yeah. I collaborate with people who want uh, maybe want help or just just like what I think about stuff, and they're like, "I wonder what Nape would do with this." Let's book some time and run these songs by him. You know what I
1: mean? Mm. I think as a creative, it's always this is kind of one thing that I've learned kind of the hard way I guess over the last 10 years of my career is it's pretty key to have somebody external helping you polish these ideas and get them out to the world. Like if I look back at uh, when I first started with Billabong to say and I would just go on my own and try and create designs and I remember at the start getting frustrated because they were knocking them back and them in different ways that I'd foreseen but then I look back on it now I'm like, like they've helped me evolve and helped my process evolve and definitely what came out of the situations were better artworks like I just think having those kind of mentors and external people help you push you along is just so key
0: yeah it's the it's like a feedback mechanism that that mm. most people need yeah you know what I mean like like nothing really gets created in a vacuum, so no. and nothing gets listened to or seen or watched in a vacuum, and so that feedback mechanism is really important, and maybe that's maybe you're right, maybe that's why why I do what I do because it's, it's a constant feedback mechanism literally because somebody's paying me, so if they don't like what I'm doing, they're going to be like. Hey man, I was sort of thinking maybe it should sound more like this, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool, we can work with that. Let's go in that direction, you know. Okay. Um, so, or they can be like, dude, that is fucking sick. And I'm like, all right, cool. I can give you more of that if you like it. i I'm a, I like where this is going, you know. Like so, mm. this is sort of that feedback is. I mean, it's, it's hard because your butt gets hurt <laughs> pretty <laughs> pretty bad sometimes, you know, when you yeah. when you especially when I'm mixing songs or something, you know, which is the thing that I do in isolation. So the band, you know, or the artist has, has left the studio and it's like a week later and I've opened up the session and I'm like, okay, I've got to balance all this stuff, put it all together. So it's ready, ready, ready song, you know, it's, it sounds professional. And, but there's a lot of creative stuff that you do in that process. Like, you know, you got to choose all of the aesthetics. It's like, it's like the guy that cuts the film, you know, He's linking the scenes together, like, you know, someone's giving him the script, this is how the story goes, this is where it's all everything is, and we've given you all the scenes and stuff, but you have gotta cut it all together and make it fluid and flow and, and look aesthetic, but, but also uh make sure it, it feels like the narrative is being portrayed, you know, and so so for me I have to I have to make sure that the the, the music, the art, that whatever the emotive part of it is being portrayed, but I also need to make it sound kinda nice and, and the yep. way that people are used to hearing music, and and but also try and keep it fresh and interesting, or a, a bit bold or edgy or whatever it is for that. So I'll dig into this stuff, and get lost in like a full rabbit hole of something that I think is really cool. <laughs> and then I'll send it over to the artist, and they're like, "We really like the way it sounded before you mixed it. <laughs> can we can we go back to the start and try again?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's all cool, fellas. Yep." Uh, and you know that happens sometimes but then you kind of learn from that you're like okay maybe I liked that idea because I thought it would sound like I thought it was interesting but was it actually interesting do you know what I mean? Like, I find that happens a lot Especially, do you you
1: you ever like the things that get knocked back do you ever come back to them and rehash them on on a new project you'd be like working with someone new and be like holy fuck I did something two months ago where yeah. This is actually going to work now.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. It is. It's a massive learning thing, like because you you always get bored, or, or you're afraid of being boring in the way that you do things. So you, you're trying to like make something sound kind of cool, and I mean, you, it's not hard to tell if you just listen through Spotify, even in the same genre of music, unless it's metal, <laughs> like proper metal. Like you just it's like just go and listen to every song, and just. Listen to the way the drums sound on each track. They will all sound pretty different in different ways. There's a certain energy that's across most sort of hypothetical rock drum sounds that sound like rock drums, but the way the drums are tuned, whether they're bright or they're dull or they're buffy, or whether they're really loud in the song or they're kind of buried and washed or whether they sound really pristine and humongous or whether they sound trashy and lo-fi. And you'll see this, just paying attention to one small component of all the things that are happening in that song. And you will just hear a contrast of different sounds that mm-hmm. people have chosen, you know, it, during the recording and mixing process on, on what that aesthetic should be. And so, um, fuck, where's was I going with that? Oh yeah. I was trying to explain the, the idea that like that's just one more component. You got all these other choices and stuff like that. So that when you're pulling this all together, you feel like you kinda need to do something there's no rule. Do you know what I mean? It's not like this is how this should be.
1: Mm.
0: And so, so yeah. you kind of you kind of tend to want to experiment, kinda of like what you're saying, and try things because you want to try and find something that sounds super cool that other people are gonna be like, Fuck, you know, how cool do the drums sound on that particular song? It's fucking wicked you know mm. and it really makes me want to like you know kick a hole through the wall it's so sick you know that kind of vibe um and so dude. you're looking for that all the time and so you will try things and you'll do bold things and sometimes like the artist will be like dude that's fucking awesome And sometimes they'll be like eh, i don't know about that bro i think you kind of gone a bit off the wire here but then exactly like you said that that will come full circle six months later when there's like a perfect application for that wacky wow. idea you had six months earlier and, and it works. so yeah So,
1: do you have a, a hard drive of just waiting to be hashed? as really. a designer i do i've just got all this shit that didn't didn't stick on the wall and fell by the wayside for one reason or another but you I come mean, back to it like months later and you're like oh i know exactly what to do with this thing now
0: i do and i don't because it's I do in the sense that, like, I could always go, what did I do with that thing the other, like, you know, the other day or the other week or the other month, That how we got that really cool sound for that thing. And I could always go and open up that session and hmm. see what it was. I'm like, ah, oh. oh yeah. so we're kind of running it that, but we'll record That's right. All right, sweet. I know how to sort of yeah, okay. duplicate that idea.
1: Yeah, um, I wondered if that process would be kind of different because as yeah. a visual artist, I have like a half finished artwork that I just keep evolving. But
0: I mean, I could, I could, it all exists, but it would be, um, it's not as well. Firstly, I guess your, your eyes can consume a lot more information than your ears, but there's also a time problem with that. So like you could look at uh, 10 uh, images of the same artwork as it evolves and you could look at it all in three seconds and see Mm. how they're different. But for me to listen to a song that I was working on that goes three and a half minutes in 10 different evolutions would take me 30 minutes just to listen to it. And then yeah. by the time I got, by time I got okay. to the end of the 30 minutes, I would have forgotten what the first one sounded like in order yep. to pair the difference in how they <laughs> went. Okay. And I have no yeah. idea what the 15th one sounded like. Or the, Sorry, the fifth one sounded like whatsoever. I'm like, so wait, the first song sounded a little bit more like this and this and that. Have to go back, listen through it again, or find the part that you're looking for, and then try and A B it. It's, it's just not like a very fluid process. Visual yeah. things are very a lot easier to uh, distinguish like so this, audible things you have to listen and focus yeah. on, and then yeah.
1: Um, now that you've described it, it's like pretty obvious. That, yeah, that time element. With, yes, and, and being able to compare in that time frame.
0: So what, yeah. I, what I do do when I am working on things is I always have, um, the previous incarnation of the work in the session kind of yeah. muted, if you will. Mm-hmm. So if we're kind of like working on just finessing some final touches on something, I'll have the previous version of the song, you know, like it's not finished. It's not mixed. No. Song. You got and you could just
1: flip between, flip, yeah, it flip between. Uh, yeah. Is this
0: getting better or worse? You yeah, know, yeah. And yeah. you could check. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty easy thing to do. Um, But in terms of like me being able to like go back to something I did two years ago, I would probably only really ever listen to what the finished product was anyway, rather than going into like the incarnations of it. I mean, I could, it would just be a fucking big process to go through.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just a whole lot of time that doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Who have you been recording lately that you super pumped on?
0: Um, so I've been doing, well, I mean, the, probably the most fun and exciting thing I'm doing at the moment now is, is I'm kind of like a, maybe like a quarter of the way through of recording the next DZ Death Rays album, which is really cool. Sick. Which has been really fun. That's been one of those like coronavirus arums where the boys live in different states and we're kind of getting... So, so some people are working in different states and different things and, and me and me and the main songwriter are, Vocalists are just coming to the studio. He, he literally comes in once a week for the past few months and we just work on tracks and we're just knocking them away. they they got no rush, no deadline. They've got a whole record that they recorded last year that hasn't been released yet because they're putting it off because they're hoping to be able to tour it. Um, because of coronavirus, they've kind of just kept waiting, waiting, waiting. They're like, okay, we're just going to have to release this. We don't really know when we're going to tour But in the interim, they've basically written a whole bunch of other songs Mm. they really want to start putting down. So, yeah, I've been doing a a whole bunch of stuff with them on that and then uh, I guess like extracurricular stuff for helping out with the promo of their new album as well, which is like we did a, I don't know if you know this band called Wax, so we did a cover of a Wax song, which was really fun. And then Wax Wax is sick. Yeah. So So sick yeah they're awesome and then Wax did a cover of a DZ song and so like me and my friend uh between me and, me and my friend Mikey basically he's in Brisbane doing Wax and I'm doing DZ and we're sending stuff back and forth and putting together these covers and stuff and so that was pretty fun and then I've been working with I work with a couple of artists locally like a band called Creo that I've worked with forever and they're like my my little family band, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I love those boys. I think they're super talented and so I'm always riding. Ah, uh, fuck, what am I doing? I, yeah, i got a whole bunch of <laughs> different clients and random stuff that happens all the time. work oh, with this, uh-huh. Donna, she's fucking really cool. She's a super PJ Harvey vibe, trashy, like solo, like sort of real grungy, dark. But she's, um, let me get this right, she's Armenian. As well, right. so she's very Middle Eastern texture to the way she plays this essentially kind of Nirvana esque music. Um, hmm. just her and a drummer, and so that's been what, really cool. What was
1: her name? That sounds interesting.
0: Her name's Donna amini She's got a few things online, but yeah, we're putting together an album in yeah. a very similar fashion. So, at the moment, and the way that I've been working for the past 12 months is like basically. I don't know I guess I run it like a therapy session like you just book in a slot <laughs> once a week and come and see me come I don't and know tell what me it.
1: problems we'll lay them out on on record
0: yeah it's sort of weird it's like I just I don't I'm not really kind of doing a lot of deadline stuff because I haven't had to and it's cool it's like yeah okay cool I'll see you next Wednesday we'll keep working on this record you know all right, I'll see you next Thursday. We'll keep working on the record. And just I just have certain people come in on certain days of the week and work on records. And just when they're done, by the time one's done, there's normally a new job that's come through that fills that gap and just keep chugging forward.
1: Nice. Very nice. Are you, are you still partying a bunch? Are you slowing down now that you're becoming a dad?
0: Definitely slowing down. <laughs> I... I still wet the whistle. I'm not. I haven't, <laughs> haven't given up on that yet. I don't know if that'll ever go away.
1: <laughs> uh, classic.
0: It'll just be shift work, I reckon. What's going to happen is like Ash will be like, okay, it's your night to party. I'll look after Bub. <laughs> go on. Okay, Wrap yourself off. And then I'll be like, all right, my turn to go party. You. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But I mean, yeah, I mean it has slowed down a lot yeah like compared to when we were growing up it slowed down <laughs> incredibly like
1: can't take the full land dog out of you
0: nah but um you know I'll go out <laughs> and drink beers but uh, it'll get to like 10 11 o'clock and I'll be like oh, I'm real tired guys i think i'm going to head home <laughs> How is is uh, your stamina decreases year on year oh it's just it's a really? little sad but i i don't mind it at all <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, definitely not. There's no way I could do an all nighter like we used to. <laughs> no.
0: Nah. I mean, I reckon I I get a good good proper night out maybe once every six weeks or something. There'll be something kind, you know what I mean? Where it just charges through till to the morning. <laughs> not not the morning as in like sunrise. I don't think I've drank to the sunrise in a while. But um <laughs> but you know, like but outside of that, it's normally like Friday Arvo beers, catching up, hanging out, getting pissed, have some dinner, maybe a couple more beers, and then people just slowly like, oh, all right, I'm fucking poops. So I need to go to Bunnings tomorrow. It's like, yeah, me too. And then we'll <laughs> just slowly go to bed and wake up with a mild hangover and just get on with it. I got a
1: big deep land, Got to yeah. go to Bed Bath and beyond.
0: Home Depot.
1: <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> That's
0: what he says, right? You got a yeah. Home Depot. <laughs> oh, man, there's so much to do.
1: Uh, that's, speaking of films, I, I remember you were doing um, film scores for a while. Are you still doing that stuff?
0: Film scores, fuck. Was I doing a film score? I was doing stuff, a lot of stuff for advertisements and stuff like that. I feel like
1: you were recording an orchestra or something.
0: Oh, yeah, many years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I haven't done I any mean, of that. That was when I was like... um. I would have been a junior. Like like I'd just finished up at college and I was
1: doing
0: doing work experience at a place called Trackdown, which is like an orchestral recording hall. It's like in a a beautiful studio. Like architecturally, it's very beautiful to look at. And yeah, they're pretty much just set up for doing symphony stuff. And I spent a couple of months sort of working there um as as kind of like a i don't know it was just it was more of it wasn't an internship because i didn't have to like make coffee or like change the bins like most interns do like i got to actually work but i wasn't employed by the company so i would yeah i'd work on the the orchestral floor which was really cool um i would just sit at a table with a pair of headphones while they were recording uh these orchestras and you know the the head engineer would, would just sort of I guess radio into me if, if he needed me to run out and fix something. The mic fell over or someone's headphones weren't working or there was a problem. So I, yeah
1: I just envisioned do you like creating Star Wars <laughs> style <laughs> music with these orchestras. I was like that sounds I, pretty damn cool.
0: That would have been amazing. I love <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. But yeah, I never really followed up with that. I did, it's the, the problem with that bro is it's fucking heaps corporate like yeah right it's, it's not this like beautiful thing unless you're a composer you know and you're in charge of the creative process everybody else is just there for work like the players they're all session players they come in they read the charts they get paid their $350 an hour to perform it you know the, the you know the film studio is paying some exuberant amount of money to have it recorded. The conductor (laughs) is there for a reason. And the only person who has any creative input in the whole process is the person who wrote the score. And everybody else is just, it's like a big giant team who are just minions at trying to make sure that that performance gets captured really well and is performed correctly. Right. And then it leaves. So it's like, it's a very cool experience to be a part of something like that, but, but
1: totally opposite to what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's just, you're just a cog in a wheel, um, yeah. and so, I would imagine if you did that for many years, the the sheen of being on the orchestral floor would kind of fall apart, and you just it would just become very much a job. And yeah, right. It's good. Film's a good stable way to make money in compared to music, but in terms of like that kind of side of it, like recording orchestras and stuff like that, if you get a geek working there full time, you know, I wouldn't have turned it down at the time if they'd offered me a job. But yeah, I don't really think about it like, oh, fuck, wish I was working on film scores (laughs) because I'm not a composer. So I'd just be like, I'm just the guy that presses the buttons and plugs the microphones in. I think that would get pretty old after a while.
1: Fair enough. So you got your own studio in Sydney, What's yes. what's his studio called? And it doesn't what, have.
0: It does. It does not have a name. Um,
1: the no-name studio.
0: It's not. So me and my friend Ian, uh, who's he's, he's a, a professional bass player who plays in Birds of Tokyo, he started renting this space. Actually, look. If it's got a name, it's called Love Hertz, which is a pun because Hertz is a measurement of uh, uh, frequency in audio. But I see. That's I, I, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty tacky. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the building that we're in is in a complex, um, and same in the building next door to us, and actually a building just across the road, of all these different recording studios in this one like, I guess it's like a warehouse that's been converted into recording studios in the middle of Leichhardt It's very cool. So, and
1: if if bands want to get in contact and start recording with you. What's the? Where do they get in contact, and what's the process?
0: If you Google my name, Nathan Sheehy, it'll come up with my website. You can contact me through that, I guess. Perfect. But yeah, the studio itself is it's it's a somewhere between a production suite and a recording studio. So essentially, it's a little bit more low key than like a big recording studio. I spent most of my career working in as an in house engineer and producer for someone else's studio so like a bigger studio you know that like you would imagine a recording studio to be but yeah since my friend Ian started renting this space and he needed someone to jump in the room with him I was like actually there's not really much I can't achieve with what I'm doing in this room and then I don't have to work out of anyone's studio I can make my own rules and obviously you know the freedom that that I'm sort of talking about before like just being able to get into a room and sort of let go of what, what time it is of the day and what that equals in money and just more focus on making great music, that has allowed me to do that because it's my space so I, I control what we do there and you know I don't, I'm not worried about like the, the guy who owns the studio who's trying to get as many artists through the door as possible to make as much money as possible
1: Yeah, it's you know, sweet. squeezing
0: the budget you know of a record where I can yeah. just be like okay well you guys here you go, why, why don't we do this and we sort of draw up and make, like a, like come up come with a, a budget agreement on, on what's affordable. Like I have basic rates that I normally work from, but uh, everything's kind of can be tailored to people's needs.
1: Epic. Sounds like a pretty accommodating place where people can come, collaborate and make some fucking good music.
0: Oh, for sure, man. There's, there's like four studio spaces in our building alone, which is really cool. So the guys across the hall are producing there are a bunch of young guys too and then we got this guy michael across the hall he's like a a, uh, a little bit of an older dude he's like a massive country music guy so he's always doing country music and then we've got like reuben from Peking duck has the front room so he's in there just like slamming beats all day and um we just open up like the, my landlord just opened up another studio space upstairs above the whole complex which uh, we're yet to see who rents that out but <laughs> It's sort of like this big vibe of all these different people walking in and out the door. Everyone knows each other. It's just like pretty collaborative, kind of people hanging out in this one warehouse making music.
1: Nice one. Well, oh, fuck, it's been good chatting to you, brother, and yeah, thanks, getting man. deep. Good luck with the bub, and oh, no, I'll be in contact with you then. too. Cheers, yeah.
0: brother. Uh, big love, bro. Love ya. you. Bye.